Everybody say, the Lord is good. Tell somebody, the Lord is good. Amen. Come on, say, the Lord is good. Amen. Beverly's right. This, uh, this 40 days in the Word, I think, is so, not only has it been beneficial, but it's very, very important. And I'm going to kind of share some simple things with you today. But how many of you know, it doesn't have to be deep and wide to be impactful. Sometimes people, they want deep and wide. Everybody go deep and wide. Deep and why they want to hear some some revelation that maybe they've never heard before. It's always good to hear something you've never heard before. But I think the key to hearing something you've never heard before is begin to digest the things you've already heard. And approach that would and if I were you, I'd have said Amen right there. I'm going to give you another shot at it. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people want deep and wide, but the reason many times we don't get, get deep and wide is because we're not digesting the things we've already heard. So I want to, today's going to be simple. You know, this week I've been working pretty hard. I had a great team from Church on the Rock, Texarkana, but you know, I'm 60 years old and just getting up, walking around and picking things up and kind of wears this old man out. Uh, and so, but I had some time this, this week in the, in the morning hours, not really to prepare, uh, uh deep and wide, but to, to listen and ponder and pray and think about what thought that I want you to get this morning. So this morning, I'm going to give you a thought that maybe sounds so simple, but I think is profound for all of us. And so with that in mind, you just hang on and let me just remind you about this website, 40DITW, 40DaysInTheWord.com. Uh, and there's actually 40 devotionals. You can start now and, and they're video devotionals, I believe, from 40 different Bible teachers from around the, the nation and the world that will, this, this website will lead you to get a grip on God's Word to the point that God's Word can get a grip on you. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, and, uh, and just, uh, plug in, get involved. 40 days in the Word, as you'll find out today, I think is very important. Our keynote scripture, uh, for the next few weeks is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Now, I want you to read it with me out loud, very loud. Be bold, be boisterous. Here we go. 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, here we go. All scripture is given by inspiration from God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Last week, we looked at this a little in more detail. I would love it if you weren't here last week to go to our website, cotrnorth.com, and you can listen to last week's message. Last week, we had ominous weather. Everybody, was that right? I'm, I'm, it's been a long time since last week for me. Everybody go, ooh. Everybody was sitting at home going, ooh. And so we just had a, a very few people here. So uh, some, and I won't ask you to admit that you weren't, if you were at home going, ooh, that's okay, we forgive you. I was up here going, ooh, because you weren't here. Uh, but, but it was a great uh, uh, beginning to this series. We looked at this passage of Scripture, important for us to get. I want you to memorize it. Let's read it again. All Scripture is given by inspiration from God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, 
thoroughly equipped for every good work. So I want to encourage you to take that this week, this month, and just digest it, meditate on it, and let the Word of God come alive in your heart. Last week, uh, uh, in fact, Beverly said it, um, uh, we're in 40 days of uh, in the Word, and we're learning to love the Word. Everybody say, love the Word. Man, that's what we're going to talk about today a little bit. Uh, we're going to learn the Word. And, and these work together. You know, if you'll fall in love with the Word, and the more you learn the Word, they work in harmony and in concert together. And then when you begin to love and learn the Word, you can then begin to live the Word. It becomes a reality in your life. you got to live it out, Bree. You're going to have to live it out in Nashville. You're going to walk into the midst of a bunch of people you don't know who some of them won't give a flying flip whether or not you love Jesus or not. Uh, they're going to need the light of God and you're going to have to live the Word, okay? In fact, let me just say this, Bree, when you get there, uh, you're going to, you know, how many of you know the devil not only lives in Beaumont, he lives in Nashville too? In fact, he's not just in Georgia. He didn't just go down to Georgia. That just came to me. I'm See, I, even though I'm tired, I still got a little... Uh, he lives in Nashville too, and he'll show up and, he, and you'll have to say, Pastor Sam said, and the Word of God directs me, I gotta live it out right here. I'm living the Word. Uh, and so, so hugely important. Beverly mentioned our Wednesday night round table discussion groups. I got, I was in Mexico. Josh gave me, Josh, stand up, give me a 30 second, uh, description of Wednesday night. Come on. Like, like you're fired up about it. Here we go. Now, yeah, you can get a microphone. That'd make him really get fired up. Uh, I would call it, ooh, kind of sound like Darth Vader there. <laughs> uh, I would call it group Bible meditation. And um, it was just very powerful and cool. And, um, you know, we, we, as a group, we emphasized uh, the words. In fact, Carmen said she felt like we had gone back to English class in high school because we, we really just broke down each word. And, and what that does is it, it brings the meaning and the, um, I guess, the word, uh, it brings it to life in, in your heart. Amen. It really speaks to you what it's trying to speak to you. Because I think culturally we, we read and we digest a lot, but we don't think deeply a lot. And um, that's how God speaks to us. So it's a, it's a great practice and, and a great thing to employ in our lives. Very powerful. My wife also, as you heard her just a few moments testify, God really spoke to her in her group. So I would encourage you to come and be a part of that. We uh, watch a, a short video from Rick Warren, then we gather together in these tables. You see them around and discuss the Word and, and, as, and digest the Word, and it becomes alive in our heart. Turn in your Bible to Psalms 119. Hold your place there. In fact, let me tell you your homework for this week. Homework. Uh, yeah, we're talking about English. Who said it was like English class? Here's homework. Homework is two parts. The first one has to do with uh, um, Palm Sunday today or the last week of Christ. I want you to pick a gospel. Maybe Matthew would be great. Luke is great. And you find where Jesus entered. It's called the triumphant entry or the triumphal entry. That marks the beginning uh, of what we call Palm Sunday, the last week in the life of Christ. There's a considerable amount of the new, of the gospel, uh, of all four gospels that deal with the last week of Christ. 
And I think it's important for you to get a grip on what Jesus did for you on the cross and, and especially that week. So, so in fact, you could go to all four gospels. You say, Oh, where is it? Hey, go to the, go to the book of Google and the book of Google will help you find, uh, the, 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 the triumphant entry in all four gospels. Just Google, where are the, where is the triumphant entry of Jesus in the gospels? Boom, it'll show them to you. And I want you to read through them this week. Don't just read through it. God, I did my Bible reading. Let, do it all week. Just read them over and over and meditate upon what Christ did for you on the cross. Okay. What he did for you when he, when he sweat as it were great drops of blood. I encourage you in that. And then also for the sake of our 40 days of uh, in the Word, read through Psalm 119. In fact, if you want to go to Google and kind of just study, you know, put in a study of Psalm 119, it's a very interesting chapter. <coughs> Number one, it's the longest chapter in the Bible, uh, 140 something or um, let me just see, 100 and um, how many verses, uh, 176 verses. And here's the interesting thing about Psalm 119, one of the interesting things, nearly every verse has to do with God's Word. He might call it precepts, he may call it the law, he may call it the commandments, he may call it my your testimonies. In fact, uh, are you in Psalm 119? Okay, I want you to do this little, this little just, just randomly point at a verse in Psalm 119. Oh, I can't do it. I'm on my phone. I know. Bring your paper Bible. All right. Just randomly point at one. Somebody who's randomly pointed. What? Somebody give me one. So, 105. What does it say, Jim? Awesome. Somebody give me another one. Yes. Boom. Somebody else. Give me another verse that you just randomly pointed at. Oh, somebody else. I love them. Somebody else. Come on now. Yes, right in the middle, Deborah. There you go. Somebody else. Come on. Out loud. Amen. Somebody else. Oh, I didn't know I was going to have to read out loud. Yes, Beverly. Yeah, somebody else. Josh. Somebody else. This is so good. Y'all, we just may do this through every verse. Yes, Amanda. Oh, say it's according to your promise. Anybody else? Yes. I love it. Somebody else. Yes, it's getting good. All right, start over. I interrupted Jeremy. Do it again, then Brent. Yes, somebody. Yes, Brent. Somebody else. Is that it? All done. Yes, one more. I love that one. A word is so. I'm telling you, I, I think if you read through, in fact, to be an interesting little, uh, there's maybe one or two verses that don't have a direct reference 
to God's Word. The longest chapter in the Bible uh, has to do with the importance and the priority and the benefit and the blessing of God's Word in our life. And so that's why we're doing 40 days in the Word. This morning, my little simple thought has to do with falling in love with God's Word. Just falling in love. Now, everybody here knows a little bit about falling in love. In fact, we have some lovebirds in the house who are engaged. Donnie and Carmen, y'all stand up. Look at the little lovebirds right there. They're engaged. They've fallen in love. They look at each other like they love one another. And Beverly and I have been married. Somebody asked me this, Beverly. I've been, I've been loving you so long, I done forgotten how long. She's adding it up too. I feel better now. Over how, much, how long? Over 38 years? 39 years. I told Beverly on our 30th anniversary I'd take her to Hawaii. I lied. No, that's 25th. I lied. On the 40th, I'll roll her around the mall. Hallelujah. (laughs) We love each other. Amen. So there's, you understand about falling in love. And I want to ask you today, are you in love? Have you fallen in love with the Word of God? Because you've got to learn to love the Word. In fact, are you in Psalm 119? Let me walk you through some key verses. Look in, Psalm, look in verse 97. Oh, and I love this how he says it. He doesn't just say, I love the Bible. You know, some of you tell your wife like this, I love you, baby. Wife said, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Don't make me say that again. That's not the way David talks about the word. Oh, how I love your law, exclamation point. He said, oh, how I love your law. That's verse, what did I say? That's verse 97. Uh, It is my meditation all the day. That's a key verse. Keep that in mind. Now, look over in verse 113. Look what he says there. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. Look over in verse 163. I hate and abhor lying, but I, everyone say it. I said everyone say it, but I love your law. Look in uh, verse 165, just a couple down. I love this one. Great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble. OMG. I love that one. Look what he says. He says this. What did he say? Where did it go? Verse 165. Great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble. Bree, you memorize that one. That's your memory verse for Nashville. All right. Amen. So David loved the law of God. He loved the word of God. And other places you'll find uh, where, where it just, uh, just spills out of him. Hey, love the word. Now we're discussion kind of this morning. Let me ask you this. What are some key, this, we're talking about overarching thought here. What are some key elements needed to fall in love with someone? 
What are some key important things that need to come into play for you to fall in love with somebody? And you say, oh, I don't know. It just comes. It just happens. I couldn't help it. I, I just fell in. Somebody, if you can think of something that are important elements of falling in love, uh, give them one or two words. In the back, Joseph. Pardon me? Exposure. Good word. Yes, Deborah. Trust. Very good one. In the back. Say it again. Loyalty, loyalty. Yes, Josh. Quality time. Everyone say that one slow together. Quality time. Jim, same one. Did he steal yours? It's okay. All right. All right. You gave it to him. Somebody else. What's some important things about falling in love that you just got to have if you're going to fall in love and stay in love? Yes. Compatibility. Yes. Other thoughts. Pardon me? Grace. That's good. Somebody else. Yes, in the back. Benefit. <laughs> hey, there is benefit. The benefits are, are, are numerous. <laughs> Say that again. All right. All right. Somebody else. Benef- hey, what did it take to fall in love? I see, I see, uh, Scotty over here. You know what caused Scotty to fall in love? A pretty little girl that was running the, the, what's that, the truck used to come by and feed you. What do they call that? The food truck, right? Teresa was, was driving a food, huh? I said Teresa, that's right. Sabrina, that's her sister. Sabrina was driving a food truck. I'm telling you, Scott bought so many sandwiches and overpriced stuff. Did I say, it's burritos. Was it burritos? I just had this picture of, of that silver stainless steel food truck where they pull up and flop up the doors and you, man, I used to buy food off the food truck. Man, he had so many burritos. Finally, one day he said, I think I already fallen in love with you. Uh, so burritos helped you out, right? Okay. Uh, there's a lot of things that motivate people. Uh, today, I want to just give you some simple thoughts. And I think probably everything you've said has, has in some way applied uh, to my simple thoughts concerning God's Word, because we've got to learn to fall in love with God's Word. And someone said trust. Who said trust? Somebody said you got to have trust. That's what we talked about last week. The first, one of the, if you're going to fall in love with somebody, it takes trust. You got to learn to trust somebody. In fact, in the culture we live in, in fact, I was, I had six or seven guys with me from Texarkana uh, this whole week, and you you learn a lot about them. Uh, and one one guy is separated from his wife. Another guy is in the middle of a bitter divorce with his wife, uh, and another guy is divorced from his wife. And all of their pains and sorrow, and all of them were processing this in different ways. And it, it broke my heart. And I, I thought, my goodness, these guys, uh, the, the trust factor evidently had been broke. Oh, I don't know what all was going on in their world. But when that begins to happen in the culture we live in, and, and uh, according to statistics, you know, over 50% of people have been divorced. Uh, and some people, once the trust factor is broken, it's hard for them to trust again. And some of you have been heartbroken by this, that, and the other. Uh, and, and so your trust issues transform or transfer over to God. And last week we talked about the fact that you can trust 
God's Word as the infallible Word of God. In fact, I gave you seven uh, important, let me just go through them. You can trust it. It's God's Word. This Bible is God's Word. Here's what I shared with you. It's historically and archaeologically accurate. It's scientifically accurate. And oh, I wish you'd go back. If you missed last Sunday, if you go back and listen to this message, it's prophetically accurate. In fact, concerning the coming of Christ and the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ, did you know crucifixion was prophesied in the Old Testament hundreds of years before crucifixion was ever invented? Come on now. So it's accurate. It's thematically accurate and unified. Written over 1,600 years by 44 different uh, people, all carries this, the same theme of redemption. It's an amazing, amazingly uh, thematically correct uh, uh, book. It's confirmed by Jesus. Jesus talked about the Old Testament like it really did happen. He, he in fact, mentioned Jonah like he really did get swallowed by a whale. Uh, most people think that's just some kind of allegory or something. Jesus validated it. And here's one. Over the, uh, over the course of time, it survived every attack and onslaught from the devil and from secular humanity. And then finally, you and I know, uh, here's one more that I gave. It's, it's transforming power is overwhelming. If you've ever been transformed by the power of God, you know what I'm talking about. His word has the power to change lives. So falling in love with somebody or something requires you to trust on some level. And you've got to lean into the Word of God and begin to trust the Word of God. If you're going to build your life around it, you've got to trust the Word of God. If you're going to build your life upon it, you've got to trust that it's going to, that God's Word is going to take good care of you. Uh, and number two, and, and this is certainly in the context of, of David in Psalm 119. If you're, if, in fact, how many of you love crawfish? I didn't love crawfish till I moved to Southeast Texas. I could talk about that. In fact, I could stir up and, and then look at Brent real funny and make him boil me some tonight. Uh, I love, I just love crawfish. Beverly does not like crawfish because Beverly only sees the crawfish. She has not tasted the crawfish. Once she would taste the crawfish, she would love the crawfish. Could I get a witness? You got to not look at it with just your eyes. It's the taste. And look what David said in Psalm 119, 103. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. When you begin to taste God's word and begin to digest God's word, it, man, I'm telling you, once you get a good taste, and, and if you're here today and you don't just love the Bible, you haven't tasted the Bible yet. You haven't got a good taste, uh, a, a good well-rounded meal from God's word, because David had gotten a good well-rounded meal, and he said, your words are sweet like honey to my mouth. In fact, in Psalm 34, he just got bigger with it. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Jeremiah said this, Jeremiah 15, I think it's verse 17. I, I, I don't have the verse here. Uh, uh, 16. Does that say 16? Jeremiah, uh, uh, 15, 16. He said this, your words were found and I ate them and your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. 
He said, your word became like flesh and I ate it. Uh, I'm telling you, he said, I found it and I began to eat it. It was nourishment to my soul. It tastes good. I'm telling you, Beverly did something to, today. She's been gone all week. She loved me so much. I've been doing pretty good in my diet all week. Didn't eat much uh, and uh, just and, and, and eating right. And she came home, made me a great, uh, uh, was it Caesar's? No, it was like a Frito salad. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, you know, Fritos and that special dressing, man, the chicken all in there was good. That's the first meal I'd had all day. And then she brought out Bluebell. <laughs> Coconut chocolate? Say what? And then she poured some of that magic shell chocolate all over it. I said, say what? But I have, I, I got a good testimony I only ate one bowl. Give him, give me some praise. I only did one serving. Of course, it was a big one. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a big one. Once you taste it, and if you've not fallen in love with God's word, it's because you hadn't got a good taste yet. David had got a good taste, and so you 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 learn to love things when you develop a taste for them. Crawfish. I, first time I saw it, it smelled kind of funny. Guy showed me how to pinch off the tail and suck the head. I said, just give me the tail. I'm not sucking the head. Now I'll suck the head. But a taste was developed in me. We used to, before this church was, uh, before the sanctuary was here, it was just a big warehouse. And the men would have our meetings in here. We'd raise up all the doors and we'd boil crawfish in here. And uh, we did it one Saturday evening. We had a crawfish boil in here. We ate. Everybody else was up from the table. P. Sam was still sitting there. I said, I may never get any more of this in my life. I've got to get all I can and can the rest. And I just ate and ate and ate. And we had a blast. And the next morning, we didn't realize that when we come to church the next morning, because we had a crawfish boil in here, every part of the front of the church, our sanctuary was in there, smelled like old stanky crawfish all through church, man. It was kind of uh, funny. But uh, I got a taste of it and it developed a love and when when i go by walmart and see 99 cents a pound get down it's crawfish bowl time amen falling in love with god's word requires trust it requires you to begin to taste it and it takes thought how I many of you know if you're going to fall in love with somebody you got to think about it a while you got to ponder it you got to really consider your ways and you got to think, is this something I need to be falling in love with? Is this somebody I need to be falling in love with? You got to think, you got to ponder, you got to meditate. Look what David said in Psalm 1, verse 2. In fact, let me go back over there. I love Psalm 1. I've got it pretty much memorized, but it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, uh, nor stands in the way or the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight. Now catch this, his delight. This, that, this refers to a real affinity towards something. It, you know, how many of, when Beverly brought out Bluebell, you know what I was? I was delighted. I tried not to show it, but I did have a little twinkle in my eye. I was delighted. David, when he gets around the Word of God, he said, uh, the, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, come on now, his hunger, his desire, his affinity, his love, his delight is in the law of the Lord. 
It says, and in his law, he meditates. Somebody say meditates. He meditates day and night. Now, that word meditate has a couple of angles I want to share with you. In fact, if you were, uh, uh, mm, no, you didn't hear this. From, I don't know if Rick Warren said this Wednesday night or not. I don't think he did. He may have. Uh, but there's a couple of angles. Kind of the simplistic translation of this meditate, our, real, our idea, is to ponder by muttering. Everyone say mutter. You ever seen anybody muttering to themselves? Most of it's not good. They're muttering. They're meditating on something that has irritated them. Have you ever irritated your wife, guys, and you look over in the kitchen, she's muttering something. She's going, I said, what, babe? Nothing. I said, speak up. I can't hear you. I'm talking to you. That's the most of, most of what we think about meditation. Uh, it, but it literally means to, to, to ponder and think about and just mutter and say it over and over in your mind. That's what David said. Those who love God and love his word, they just get a hold of his word. Oh, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man. That means very happy. I'm a man, bless, I'm going to be blessed because I'm not going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Um, and I'm not going to stand in the way of sinners. Those sinners, those scornful people, I'm not going there. I'm blessed. I'm standing in the, in the, in the house, in the counsel of God. I'm not going to seat myself in the seat of the scornful, but I'm delighting in the law. I'm putting my delight. Ooh, I love the law. I love God's word. I'm meditating on God. I'm just saying it over and over again. And it, you know what? It, because it's alive and well on planet earth. God's word is living and active. It starts here. You start meditating. And how many of you know, the Bible says you're ensnared by the words of your mouth. How many of you know you can be ensnared in a good way? Uh, hey, when you got engaged, hopefully it was a good way. You were ensnared. Uh, and as you mutter and say it, it ensnares you and you've said it over and over. And it's a living and active and it drops down in your heart and begins to stir around in your life. And you say it again and it gets stronger and more powerful and more impacting in your life. And the word of God begins to come alive on the inside of you and transform the way you think. Some of you got stinking thinking. And you've got to learn to think about, if you want to fall in love with God's word, you've got to learn to meditate on the law of the Lord. Uh, do we have any old cow hands here? Anybody been raised cows in your life? I've never raised a cow in my life. I've done some things with cows. I've, I've, I've herded up some cows. I've even cut some, some, some cows horns off before and and I've also cut other things off of cows that we won't talk about. I've messed with cows in my high school days. Anybody here rustled up any cows? Am I, nobody nobody knows anything about cows. Lord, we need to have a retreat and go to the farm and learn a few things about cows because a cow understands meditation. In fact, a cow, how many of you know how many stomachs a cow has? If how many there's four. Everybody raised four. They have four stomachs. Man, that's a lot of stomach. And a cow does this. They chew the cud. They get a big whatever grass or whatever hay, and they chew it. They just chew it and chew it. You ever seen a cow chewing the cud? They'll chew it and chew it. Everybody say, just chew it and chew it. They get a whole, and, and when you, hey, this word meditate is linked to that actual 
understanding of the cha- of the cow chewing the cud and the cow just chewing on it. And evidently it tastes real good to the cow. And the cow just chews on it. Come on, y'all with me. Everybody with me. Well, let's just picture the cow chewing the cud. And the chow, the chow, the chow chews the cud. The, the cow chews the cud. And then at some point, the cow and his little, and then, here we go, my cow, the cow goes, I think I'll swallow it. And I don't know which stomach it goes to. I'm not that good at it. But he sw- the cow swallows it and went, man, that was good. And then he saunters on over somewhere maybe, and then he thinks to himself, that was so good. I think I'll do it again. And, and actually regurgitates the cud, the old chaw, and starts chewing on it again. Everybody go, that's the picture, though, that David was drawing and the Holy Ghost was drawing when he said, Hey, the man who walks not in the counsel of ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He chews it up over and over again. Have you ever, have you ever meditated on a passage of scripture and you chewed it up over and over and over and over and, he, and, and it just made a huge difference in your life and you swallowed it up and you went, man, that was awesome. And then years later, you're reading the Bible and that same verse that you thought you had chewed up and, and got all you can out of it, it comes alive in you again. And somehow there it is again with a whole new thought and a whole new idea and you start chewing on it again and my goodness, it never runs dry. That's meditation. It takes thought. You got to think on the Word of God and meditate on the law of the Lord. Psalm, uh, pardon me, Philippians 4 8. Uh, David said this not in the, in the absolute context of the Word of God. He, it was kind of broad, but, but let me show you this here uh, because the Word of God certainly fits. This verse, Philippians 4, 8, uh, David said this, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true. How many of you know the Bible is the truth? There, I'm going to link it up really good. Whatever things are noble. How many of you know the Word of God is noble? Whatever things are just, the Word of God is just. Whatever things are pure, the Word of God is pure. Whatever things are lovely, that's that'll certainly work. Whatever things are of a good report, that's the Word. If there's anything virtuous, If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Think on these things. Listen to me. If you want to fall in love with the Word of God, you got to trust that it's God's Word to your life. you got to begin to consistently taste and see that it's good and it's right and it's holy for you and that it will provide strength and stamina and stability and protection and guidance and all the things that Psalms 119 says the Word of God will do for you. And then you got to take it and you got to begin to chew it up and you got to begin to digest it and you got to be like Jeremiah said, man, thy word became flesh and I ate it and it's good for my soul. Think on these things. Change the way you think. Did you know the word of God has the capacity to change the way you think about life? What do you spend your time thinking on? Oh, I don't know, pastor, but let me check my Facebook. What do you think on? 
I don't know, preacher, but man, I got an email. I, we think, you know how to think. Look at your neighbor and say, you know how to think. You just need to think right. You gotta, and it'll help you deal with a stinking thinking. It takes thought. And then one more thought about falling in love with the Word of God. It takes time. You know, when I met my wife, I thought about, I thought about her a lot. I thought, do I want to marry her? I'd think about it. I'd chew the cud a little bit. I think I do. Now, when she met me, she chewed the cud about five minutes. and said, I think I'll marry that boy. In fact, she asked me to marry her. Come on now. Don't let her deny it in front of you. She'll be a liar if she, she, she'll lie if she says I asked. She asked me to marry her, and I said, I better chew the cud on that a little bit. Okay, I will. Then she knelt down and gave me, no, she didn't do that. <laughs> I'm lying now. Uh, and as somebody said, Jer uh, these two gentlemen on the front, it takes quality time. If you're going to fall in love with anybody or anything, it's going to take some time. Interesting thing. You know, when you're on the plane coming home and you forgot any decent reading material, you'll pick up the plane magazine. And the plane magazine had an article about dating uh, sites, you know, like Match.com and somebody, anybody brave enough to give me another one? eHarmony. Here's the one. What's the one about? You don't have to be lonely. Farmersonly.com. Oh, Christian Mingle. Uh, that's, yeah, hey, I saw, what's the little comedian, comedian lady? Shonda Pierce. I saw a little clip of her. She's, she, her husband died a few years ago and she was talking about dating sites. Some people recommend, they recommended, she said, Christian Mingle. And she said, the only problem with that, them Christians were doing a little too much mingling. But I read this article, and here's what, here's an interesting thing that, that, that most, the, the dating sites, some of them, it, here was one, I think this is one it was about, it's just lunch. Everybody says just lunch. So that's the, that's their gig. Uh, you know, they don't want you to go on a, they just want you to eat lunch together. And what they know about just, it's, everybody says just lunch. In fact, you could say, did you have a date? No, it was just lunch. You get it? You get it? So, so when your friends see you there at lunch with some stranger, and they said, were, were you on a date? They, then you say, no, it's just lunch. We're just having lunch. Well, that's the whole gig. And this website is just lunch. They found out something that these people who, who are going, that in 15 to 20 minutes of doing lunch, they've already decided whether or not they want to have a second date or not. In other words, they don't really know this person. They just got a first impression. And first, I mean, you know, first impressions are huge, right? They're huge. And they're very important. You want to make a first impression. But how many of you had a first impression of somebody that turned out to be false? And, 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 and I, could I say this about the Word of God? Some of you had some bad first impressions. 
And a lot of people who aren't here today are at home because they got a bad first impression about the Bible. Somebody got up and lambasted them, beat them with the word of God and whipped them up and condemned them and made them feel bad about who they were. My mama used to say, I think you ought to feel better when you leave church than when you go in. And so, uh, and so some people have a bad first impression. Oh, the Bible's this, the Bible's that, them preacher this, they preacher that. Listen, uh, you can't, you can't make a judgment on the first, uh, impression. It takes time. I didn't know I could preach from a stool, but I am. It takes time. Look what David said in Psalm 1 verse 2. He said, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates. Somebody say, day and night. Day and night. Could I tell you, uh, my wife and I, uh, she lived about 40 minutes from me and we would, and there's a four the days of cell phones. And I finally had to get my own line at my mama's house because there's long distance, you see. And so I had to have my own phone line because Beverly and I would stay up late at night. In fact, just lay our phone beside each, each other and talk until one of us drifted off to sleep. Uh, we, we took time with one another day and night. And listen, when you fall in love with the Word of God, it takes time. You gotta, you gotta spend some time meditating and pondering and praying and muttering and thinking and, and digesting God's Word day and night. Somebody say day and night. Relationships of real love take time that should grow stronger rather than weaker. Relationships of love take time to develop properly. It takes time. When I see people, you know, Beverly and I are not a good illustration. You know how long Beverly and I were engaged? I mean, now we dated a little longer than this. You know how long we were engaged? Six weeks. And we just tied the knot. I thought, my Lord, why would you wait if you're in love? Fortunately, knock on wood, it's lasted for however long she says. But nobody taught us how to love. We've had to learn to love one another more and more each day. I don't know if it was her or me, but somebody threw a plate at one another. One time I remember that. I, I don't know if I was on the receiving end or the throwing end. But it was early on, and we, then we realized that's not how you maintain love, throwing things at one another. It takes time. That's why 40 days in the Word is so hugely important. Some people go and hear a preacher one time or hear a message one time. You know, you can't judge a book by, by the first page, but I'm going to tell you, hopefully the first page will get you to read the second page. Just because you may have had a bad experience with the Word on some level in your life doesn't mean that the Word of God is not something powerfully transforming in your life. And when you really fall in love with someone or something, it's got to, it's got to consume your life. It can't be just a part of my life. It's got to consume my life. How many of you women would mind it if your husband says, I love you, baby, with all my heart, but I also love my secretary too. I love you, baby. And man, I love these kids we've made, but I also love the next door neighbor's wife. I mean, she's pretty fine too. Just because I love the neighbor's wife doesn't mean I don't love you, baby. 
How many of that doesn't fly? In fact, something would fly if you were to try to fly that. And so it requires time and effort and energy. And so I, I behoove you, I beg you. And I had to ask myself this question. Do you really love the Bible? I'm a preacher of the Word. I'm a teacher of the Word. But I'd be doggone if I didn't have to check my heart and be honest with myself about asking myself the question, do I really love God's Word like I need to, like I should? You know, when you love somebody, there's pretty good evidence. Donnie and Carmen, there's pretty good evidence. They're just so sweet on one another. There ought to be evidence that you love one another. There's some more lovebirds back there. There, there that's the lovebirds. Careful now, we're in church. They're engaged too. There's evidence. And when you love God's Word, there ought to be evidence. Your kids ought to know that you love the Bible. Your parents ought to know that you love the Word. Your neighbors ought to know that you love the Word. Your brothers and sisters ought to know that you love the Word. Why? Because it's just, it's just you love God's Word. There's evidence. Amen. So we got to ask ourselves, as we jump into this 40 days in the Word, let, you, let me tell you something. You'll never make it 40 days in the Word with any level of discipline if you don't fall in love with it. We're already a week in. It's not too late. You could start your 40 days today. You could just begin to get up and say, you know what? I'm going to trust this is God's Word for my life. I'm going to begin to taste of it day in and day out. Morning and night. I'm going to begin to take thought. I'm going to engage my brain with the Word of God. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to chew the cud here. I'm going to just get all I can and can the rest. I'm going to just be, I'm going to just eat it up. I'm going to, I'm going to chow down. I'm going to, I'm going to take God's Word. I'm going to begin to devour God's Word. I'm not going to sit and stare at it. I'm not going to sit and wonder about it. I'm not, I mean, I'm going to tell you something. When I go, I, there's a, only a couple of restaurants I really love to go to uh, here. At most all restaurants you get done, you know, that's okay. There's a couple in town that when I'm done, I walk out going, oh, oh yeah. Whoo! Now that was nice. Uh, I, don't, I won't mention them now, but Tokyo's comes to mind. But that's, that's another story. I love those places. You guys, is there evidence? You love the Word of God. You ch I'm going to chow down, and I'm going to take me some time. I'm going to take time off from whatever that is that is saturating my brain, that is feeding me negative and stinking thinking. I'm going to turn off the television. I mean, the television, and I'm going to I'm going to get off Facebook, and I'm going to get I'm going to just engage my brain and my thinking, and I'm going to give some 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 consistent persistent 
consistent time, effort, and energy, and thought, and meditation on the Word of Almighty God. And and I'm going to come through this thing falling in love with God and His Word. Because if I don't fall in love with the Word, I'll never live the Word. If I don't learn it, I'll not fall in love with it, and I'll not live it. And it'll just be another book on my shelf. And I'll struggle. Listen, you know why Christians struggle all the time with with doubt and fear or whatever it is and morality and immorality? There's a struggle. And they always, you know why believers who say they love Jesus are always in the ditch? Could I tell you why why I'm the most? Let me just tell you something. This is the greatest counseling tool you'll ever find. This is the greatest healing tool you'll ever find. This is the greatest social and, and, and mental, uh, health and healing, uh, uh, medicine you'll ever find. I'm telling you, when you get the Word of God flowing in your life, things begin to change. Things begin to heal. Things begin, you begin to forget those things which are behind, as Paul said, and you begin to reach forward to those things that are ahead, and the Word of God will begin to transform your life when you fall in love with the Word of God. Amen. Everybody say amen. Let's stand up together. I went overboard today. That storytelling will get you every time. Lord Jesus, today as we come to the close of this service, I pray that those who are here today would begin to fall in love with your word in their life. They'd begin to take time and think about it and trust the word. Just meditate on the Word of God. And let the Word of God come alive in their hearts. This week, Lord. This day. This hour. Lord, I pray for those who are struggling with some thing that keeps haunting them and hassling them. That Your Word would begin to make their lives all different. Your word that they began to know would set them free. We thank you for it today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.